1: the Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. Hey, uh, welcome to another episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. My name is Ben Sternkey. I am one of the co-founders of Gravity Leadership, and I'm here with Matt Tebby. That's me who is also a co-founder of Gravity Leadership and um, a good friend of mine, and we're also planting a church together. Are we still still doing that? We're still doing that. All right. Hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we're still doing that (laughs) uh, as well. No, I'm sure we will be. Um, And so uh, we've been in this series on our missional theology axioms, uh, as you may know. And um, we have, in our training, we have six axioms. Uh, and we've we've talked through all six of those, but um, there's a seventh axiom, a secret seventh axiom for those who listen to the podcast. That sounds
0: like some uh, apocalyptic Christian <laughs> fiction, title. right? Right. The seventh secret the axiom.
1: axiom, and you need that. It's like yeah. a secret password that gets you into. This is like Gnostic. This, this is, is about, pres- yeah.
0: This is about Masons.
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, anyway, but no, so um, a couple things about this. We This is kind of the way we operate. Like, this is how we, like, we came up with these axioms not by reading a bunch of theology and then, like, thinking, okay, what are some things that people need to know? We came up with these axioms because we kept encountering the same kinds of issues and problems as we coached and discipled people.
0: Yeah, so this is important. We, we run in—I you, know you've had—if you're listening to this and you're, you care about missional theology and missional spirituality, you've had this experience, too, where you are running a race with these assumptions and lenses that you have about reality, and you hit these glass walls— Mm-hmm. Like relationships, yeah. that things stop working. You're talking past each other. You find out you have assumptions other people's don't have. Yeah, uh, those kinds of things. And and so when you hit those glass walls enough, you it hurts. <laughs> right, right. Number
1: one, if, especially if your nose protrudes from your face. Are it, you talking? Yeah, wait a second. Are you? No, we both got we both got noses. We're, we both we're got good Germans. Schnauzes. Good yep. Germans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah the, yeah, the yes, it hurts.
0: Yeah, it hurts, and you also, you know, you're trying to you're trying to name things that you can't see, but that Mm -hmm. impact your life. And so the axioms emerged from running into walls, realizing we have, our assumptions come to the surface when conflict happens. Other people's assumptions come to the surface when conflict happens. And then you have to discern and name what that is. And What's so, happening here? Yeah. yeah. So you're right. We didn't like go into an enclave, conclave, some kind of clave <laughs> with white smoke. <laughs> any kind of clave. Any clave <laughs> at all. There's nope. no clave happening. Nope. And with the smoke, and then we emerged with these tablets of axioms. They're more of like, right. how do we stop? How do we stop getting so frustrated yeah. and start helping people who are frustrated by us? Yeah,
1: yeah. And so each one of these, we've, we've introduced this term on the podcast before, but each one of these are kind of like a kairos in our training, and our discipleship, saying like, why is this, what, what, what is this? What is this issue that we keep running into? So anyway, this seventh axiom emerges from that practice, and it's actually about that practice, because yeah. the seventh axiom is about the way that we learn. So the sixth axiom that we talked about was that um, the goal of our discipleship is not moral perfection or doctrinal certitude. It's not about what we know and knowing better and more correct things, nor is it about uh, behavior primarily. Not that, you know, we talked about that, but yes. But yeah, so, so not that those things are bad, but uh, they're not the goal. They're not, we have to aim past those things if we're going to actually get those things. Um, and so the goal then of our discipleship is divine union. It's union with God. It's yep. becoming one with Him and with one another in the body of Christ. Yep. And so uh, this axiom emerges a little bit from that, in that if love, and, the, and if God is love, then our union with Him is, is expressed in and through love. Yes. Uh, and so if the goal of uh, our discipleship is love, and it's not just knowing things and doing things, then that has huge impact for how we learn, how we grow. Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then, uh, we're still trying to make this axiom axiomatic, trying to condense right. it in right. a succinct, pithy saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but but this th- there's there's these assumptions we keep running into about how we learn, uh, that that deal with if, if I can think about this more, then I will get it.
1: Right. right? So we so yeah. we
0: live. Thank. Hat tip Descartes. We live <laughs> in a world yeah. that presupposes that we can access and control our lives and reality through our prefrontal cortex, Mm -hmm. right? And so the solution to learning is thinking more. Right. Memorizing more. Yeah. Taking more input in. Yeah,
1: reading another book.
0: Right. So if I increase my information, Mm -hmm. I will learn this.
1: Yeah. It'll get into my brain and then somehow filter into my body. Yes. Through that, you know, it's like percolated. Yes. It'll percolate.
0: Right. Well, there are okay. So, for instance, my wife's an accountant. She's got. She's. It's tax season right now. Yes. There are certain uh, tax laws that you have to learn, and then you you, you by those rules, you do different uh, deductions and reductions and enclaves. You, you know, you have different <laughs> things that you're,
1: you're There's various kinds of claves, I various think, various kinds tax of
0: laws. things. Yes. So there is a sense in which, for certain disciplines, yeah, right. Sure. You you learn primarily by accessing your cognitive. Yeah, discursive
1: mind. Right. I'm going to read an article about this, and therefore, and I'll know how to fill out this tax form. Yes. Yeah. That, true story. True story. Yeah. Yeah. So there actually are th- happened to me last week. Oh, really? Yeah. I filled out my tax form after I read. an ar- I was like, "How do I do this?" And I read an article, and I was okay. like, "Oh, I get how to do this now."
0: Great. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that the it's not that the mind or cognition is unimportant for learning how to love. It's just insufficient. Right, right. Uh, so that's part of this. The other part of this is uh, love is not something primarily that it's not a sentiment. It's mm-hmm. not primarily this this feeling I get when I smell roses and listen to Bette Midler.
1: Yes, right. It's not right.
0: primarily this this sensory experience, but love is a disposition, a posture a way of being in the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, that needs to be learned through, not just by he- hearing sermons about love, but by actually participating in it. Yes. Right. So the other night, uh, my son is nine and he has dreams of being a professional athlete. He has my genes. I'm ten. um, uh, well, a little bit over 140 pounds, and uh,
1: <laughs> the second podcast where you've mentioned your weight. Well, I, I haven't.
0: I haven't been on a scale for years, so I don't really know what. Uh, I don't what, know. I don't know.
1: It could be anything. It Used to be that, and I feel bigger. I <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Um, anyway, so he's uh, and I, he's saying, "Dad, I want to. I want to play basketball." Hmm. And you know, I'm trying not to crush his little dream of playing professional right, basketball because right. we're watching LeBron James, and I'm thinking, how do I explain to him that LeBron ain't your daddy? Right. But uh, I said, well, Deacon, you need to work on dribbling with your left hand. And so I show him, he's a right-handed kid. I said, you have, to, you have to train your body to dribble with your left hand, and you can't read a book about dribbling with your left hand. Right. You can't watch somebody dribble with their left hand. Mm-hmm. You actually have to take a basketball and dribble with your left hand yeah. a lot,
1: right? Do you think this would work? I heard stories, inspirational stories, about Larry Bird, Indiana oh, native. Tell me about right? it. Right." Uh, who used to walk everywhere around French Lick, where he's from, uh, dribbling with his left hand.
0: Did he really? Yeah.
1: Do you think that would work? If you told your son that story, would he learn how to dribble with his left hand? What? It is true, though. He did that. Larry
0: Bird, son of a gun. That guy. That
1: guy. No. That's why he was so good with his okay, left. Okay, well,
0: I'll, I'll let Deacon know. Larry Bird ain't your daddy either. No, but if you... No, <laughs> but,
1: but here's but. something Larry Bird did.
0: So anyway, I tell him to dribble with his left hand. So uh, my son, who, um, bl- uh, bless his heart, he's, he's really good at most things he tries. And so when he tries something he's not good at,
1: oh man! Guess what? Story of my life. It's
0: devastating. Yes. To him, yes. Right. So he decides to graduate from dribbling. He dribbles for like 15 seconds, and I tell him that the goal of this is that you'd learn how to actually shoot with your left hand layups, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not very good at shooting left handed layups, and I I don't I've probably put in 3,000 hours trying to do that. My son, who's nine, has never tried. And so he's trying to balance this basketball on his left hand. It's falling off to the side. He can't even get it to the rim. Mm-hmm. I go inside because uh, there's other things to do. I'm, I have adulting to do. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he comes. He calls me outside, and he's bawling. He's in tears. Daddy, I can't do it. I can't even get to the rim. Like, he's just yeah. bawling. And I look at my watch, and it's literally been eight minutes. Yeah, from the time he realized he had to get better with his left hand uh-huh. until him being devastated that he's awful with his left hand, right, took eight minutes. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and so the other part of how we learn, like, and this is this is really important because I think I think in our expertise, command and control world, where leaders have to execute and produce and perform, failure is not an option. Right. Failure actually proves. That you aren't qualified right. to be a leader. Now we'll say there's there's certain failures, right? I mean, you, uh, every week uh, we read about different leaders in our world and in our churches who are failing in ways that does that do call into question like their qualifications or fitness for leading a group of people, right? There's so there's sure, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's abuse of power, right, you know. Right. There's uh, you know wanton uh licentiousness. <laughs> yep. Let the reader understand. Yeah. So anyway, um, but 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 uh, I think the way we learn when love is the goal uh, has there's an analogy to this basketball thing because failure it changes our relationship to failure.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: have to get in and try things and experiment. We have to learn our limits. We have to fail. We yeah. have to then be restored. Like with my son, like I I went into a, a neurology. Neurobiological lesson with him because he's fascinated by this stuff. And right. I'm like, your brain actually has to develop new pathways, like mm-hmm. to your left hand. Right. So that your left hand, your nervous system, your body brain knows what it's doing. Right now it doesn't. Right. Right. And, and uh, he's still crying. He's still crying. He's still crying. Anyway, 24 hours later, he hits a layup. And yeah, it's like, with his left hand. But it was a great right. moment to say, if you would have stopped when you failed, yeah. you never would have got, you never would have learned.
1: Right. You never would have learned. And uh, he wouldn't have even known that he needed to learn. Unless he had failed.
0: Exactly. He wouldn't
1: have understood how bad he is with his left hand until he, uh, until he just can't even get the ball up there, right? Right. So, so failure, not only is it okay, but it's actually necessary. There's no other way for us to understand what we need to know, yeah. what we need to learn next. Yes, Right?
0: Yeah, it's necessary. And, you know, Scripture tells us that failure actually builds character. It actually builds resiliency yeah. and endurance and perseverance. Right. And if we didn't fail, if we didn't suffer, if we didn't come to our own limitations, right, mm-hmm. we would we would not learn those... We don't have those things characterologically just coming out of the womb. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those things have to be built into yes. us yes. by through overcoming and yeah. being resilient in mm-hmm. the face of a failure.
1: Yes. So, um, I think the basketball, like, that's a really great analogy because I think uh, everybody can understand that. Like, if I want to get better at piano, or if I want to get better at basketball, if I want to get better at driving, it takes practice, takes participation in the activity that I want to get better at. How does this then relate to discipleship or uh, us uh, facilitating a greater union uh, in love with the Lord? Like, how does this learn? How how does this translate into the actual practice of discipleship? Learning to love.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So I I think Paul Paul gets at this in First Corinthians four. He he's talking about the Corinthians. They have kind of a celebrity culture where they're they're flocking to the latest greatest celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of turning on the radio or downloading the uh, Gravity Leadership podcast, they Ba-da-da-boom. are <laughs> they are going to street corners and listening, right? And then they kind of yeah. bring that into the church and I follow Paulus, I I follow Cephas, I follow Paul. And and Paul says, "You don't need another celebrity. You don't need another tutor. You've yeah. got 10,000 tutors." Right. All these people talking, filling your heads with stuff. You don't need this. And in fact, when I come to Corinth, He says this, my missional strategy wasn't to compete in the marketplace of ideas. This is so important. Selah. He does not out-celebrity the celebrity culture, but he subverts it. He says, I I chose to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And that doesn't Mm. just mean that he, he proclaimed that, he did, but he embodied it, he lived it. And in First Corinthians yes. 4, he says, uh, you didn't need me to, to preach amazing sermons about this. Your problem isn't that you were just stupid about Jesus. Right. The problem is, your hearts, your loves have been trained to want celebrities. Yes. So, I, so in order for you not to want a celebrity, it, it wasn't like if you increase your knowledge that your heart will just be overcome. That's not the right. logic Paul used, mm-hmm. or, or ever uses. Rather, he said, I became your father.
1: Yeah. I'm playing a different game. I'm doing something completely different.
0: I became your father in the faith yeah. so that you would learn Jesus. Yeah. And uh, because I fathered Timothy, right, mm-hmm. he's going to father you too, yep. right? And and then what we need is more fathers. And so a father then doesn't just teach, but he trains.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't just teach; you trains. So, what's like? Uh, what's the difference between those two things? How would you know if you're teaching without training, and how well, would you know if you're training?
0: Training involves teaching.
1: Yeah, sure. Right. Sure.
0: Uh, but teaching doesn't necessarily involve training. So, so uh, another way to say this is, uh, a number of people have said this. I think the modern promise is that uh, we we think our ways into new ways of living. Right. So we, if we can cons- if we can conceptually grasp this then we can apply it to our lives. In fact, inductive right. Bible study is interpret, understand it, and then you take that concept and you apply it. Yeah. Interpret, apply. I'm
1: in charge the whole time.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And what we're, we're we're pushing back on that and saying we are much more complicated than that. Yes. Right? So we don't just uh, think our ways into new ways of living. Deacon, you can't sit and think about dribbling a basketball and then be able to do it. But you also have to dribble your way into a new way of thinking. You also have to live your way
1: yeah. into a new way of thinking. Yeah. The right. neurological pathways don't, don't get burned in by reading about Larry Bird dribbling with his left hand. No. The neurological pathways, the thinking part of it, the if thinking. you will, yeah. uh, get burned in by actually doing layups with your left hand and failing at it and learning that you need, you know, building your muscles and all, all kinds of other stuff that happens with your body, Yes, that, which, which is then giving you signals and, and, and telling you, okay, th- this is where you need to grow.
0: Yeah. So, so then we learn by giving just enough information to get our bodies engaged. Yes. In some participative, um, experiential, uh, t- transformative dribbling with my left hand. Yes. Right. Try this out. Mm-hmm. Try it out, and then when you uh, can't do it, when you fail, mm-hmm. I'll come alongside you, and yes. and, and help. Yes. Right. Yes. That's training. Yes. Training is having an environment where it's where failure is safe. When you fail, you don't become a failure. You can, uh, you right. can fail forward. You can yeah. learn how to be fearless about failure because failure yeah. is the incubator. It's the it's the touch point of of learning. It's it's the uh, it's ground zero mm-hmm. for the for transformation to break into our yeah. lives.
1: So we're uh, we're about sixteen minutes into this podcast, and I don't think we've even attempted. Who's counting? Are you? Uh, counting? Well, yeah. the the timer right there. Oh, it's telling you. But uh, but yeah, the <laughs> so. Um, but we haven't attempted yet to, to say, like, what is this axiom? And so, let me give it a try. <laughs> yeah, put it I And mean, we've talked, you know, I mean, maybe... Talked around uh, maybe it. Maybe the people uh, listening, you know, maybe you guys could uh, help us with this as well. But, but um, w- the way we learn then, if, if the goal is love and, we're, and divine union, uh, the way we learn, uh, it, to put it positively, is that we learn through participation in that which we're learning to do. Yes. We learn by participation in love. Yes, we have to put our bodies out there in some way for our discipleship to really take root yes. in our lives. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, and and I think there's a corollary then. So we learn by through participating, mm-hmm. right? But then as we participate, we are we are enabled. Our capacity of what we can know increases too.
1: Yeah, right, right. New new uh, new vistas of of knowledge are opened up as we. As we participate, yes, as Paul, we do.
0: Paul talks about this in Philippians one and Ephesians three. He talks about how, like in Ephesians three, he says, "I, I pray that you would know the love that surpasses knowledge." Mm. Right, be mm-hmm. filled with all the fullness of God. And in that prayer, he he is, um, he his understanding of how love increases our capacity for understanding comes out. Because Mm -hmm. this is reflexive thing. As you love more, you'll know more. And as you know more, it's real knowledge if you actually love more. Right. Right? That's how you know it's knowledge. Right. That's the knowledge that doesn't puff up. Right. Right? But, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8, like, love builds up. Builds up, yeah. Right? And that's the knowledge that we're to be after.
1: Right, right. And it's more of an experiential knowledge than an intellectual knowledge. Um, so, love is learned through participation. Yes. One thing we haven't said, it's participation and then reflection upon that participation. Debriefing. Right. right. So, there's a there's a dialectic in training, right, between participation and reflection, between try this out and, okay, let's talk about it. How did it go? What did you notice? Right between the experience of, of doing something and failing or succeeding, who knows? Uh, but then uh, you know, explaining what was happening. So there's this dialectic between those two things. You, you see this in uh, Jesus sending out the disciples, right? Yeah. Jesus sending nine, out the 72, yeah, or the 12, uh, where Jesus says, Okay, you guys have seen me do this, right? You've seen me cast out mm-hmm. demons, you know? So hey, discipleship 101. Uh, I want you to go into all these towns, two by two. Go for it. Go for it. You know, cast out demons, raise the dead, cure the sick. Do stuff to stuff. Just go for it, right? Look for a person of peace, and you know, he gave them some basic instructions. But the learning happened for them on the way. And, And actually, in this case, through their success. Yes. Through their success, they were like, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus rejoices with them, they go on a retreat, he debriefs with them, he talks about, he's starting to teach them, like... You actually are going to be doing the same things that I'm doing, yes. right? I'm sharing my life with you and my mission with you. Yeah, um, I, I just thought of it as well. They also then learn through failure. I'm thinking about Jesus coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration, and the he comes the disciples who didn't go up there with him. He discovers them. Uh, arguing with the Pharisees, right? Oh, and he, they can't cast out the demon.
0: Jesus does not like that argument, by the way. No. How long am I going to deal with you? Yeah, like,
1: this is what... this is. He gets a little testy with his disciples here. I would say How long this am I is put the moment
0: you? of the greatest exasperation and frustration that Jesus ever exhibits. Mm. It's when his disciples are arguing with religious leaders.
1: Which I connect to their inability to cast out the demon, the reason they can't operate in kingdom power is because they have done the thing that Jesus has told, been telling them not to do.
0: They're stuck in an antagonism. They're
1: stuck in an antagonism, and they have no access to the kingdom of God. Why couldn't we cast the demon out? And Jesus says, this kind only comes out by prayer. <laughs> which is a, which is so funny! It is funny. Because how funniest. do the other ones come out? <laughs> <laughs> they all come out by prayer. Jesus is like, well, this kind is special. It comes out the way that they all come out. <laughs> You're He's being a little sarcastic, Praying. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not you're arg- Not arguing. Right. So praying and arguing are... Anyway, so they, they... But they learn, right, through their failure, their inability to cast out the demon, they're starting oh, to yeah. learn something about, oh, praying and arguing. Like, Jesus could have had a class where he says, hey, praying and arguing are different, and you can't have... You can't do one while you're doing the other. Yeah. And they would take notes. And they would be like, okay, that's and they, a great They memorize concept. it for a test. Right, yeah. Right? But then when the Pharisees come and they start taunting them about like, hey, can you cast out the demon if your master's not here? They're like, right. I'll show you. They just get right... at <laughs> They don't into say,
0: the- hang on a second, let me access my notes from the class <laughs> Jesus taught four weeks right. ago to figure out how to respond. Right, to right,
1: hold on, I have, a con- I have an answer for you. No, they just, they fail. Um... And that's the crucible then for their learning.
0: Right. So, training turns failure from a thing that disqualifies to a thing that refines and grows and shapes. Yeah. So, we have to have safe spaces in our discipleship vehicles for people to fail.
1: Mm.
0: People have to fail. And and what happens is our two main vehicles for discipleship, classes Mm -hmm. and discussion groups, Yeah. we're we're primarily trafficking in information— and yeah. there's no experimentation happening. There's no real-life right. modeling or imitation. There's no right. dribbling with your left hand. There's right. just talking ad infinitum about dribbling with left hand.
1: Right. We're talking about something else that we're not actually doing now in the moment. But just, So give us, give us... We're about at time here. All right. We've got some scriptural examples. Here's how Jesus did this with his disciples. Give us a concrete example. How does this work out in discipleship? Like, how, yeah. how do you train somebody... Like, give us an example of a of somehow time that's happened in your life or somebody that you're discipling.
0: I, I mean, I, it's so obvious that it, I think it scandalizes us. Hmm. I think it works in our discipleship the same way it works with my son on the driveway. Yes. We have to have spaces where people can bring their kairos moments mm-hmm. of failure, yeah. frustration, anger, anxiety. Yeah. Why? Because God's present at work in their life. Mm-hmm. That he ca- he cares about things more than he does,
1: right? That seems one and two by right? the, way.
0: the God the God who is at work in their life is just like Jesus, and he right. wants to meet them where they really are. Yep. Well, where they really are is their frustration that every day they get off work, come home, and their patience with their family evaporates in two minutes. Right. We have to we we have to come alongside them there and say this is dribbling with your left hand. Mm-hmm. Here's here is the good news you need to hear about this. Yeah. Right, the gospel that speaks to whatever bad news is at work in you, right? Yeah. Now, here's an experiment of trust. Here's an experiment where you, if if the kingdom of God had fully come, mm-hmm. this is how you would be living? Let's try that. Let's right. try that. And in that, in that trying, in that f- participation, yeah. right, you are learning how to lay hold of grace. You're learning how to live mm-hmm. by faith. You're walking out your yeah. salvation with yeah. fear and trembling. Yeah. We need more we need more driveway basketball talking kind yeah, of groups yeah. in our churches. Yeah.
1: So what it would it uh, I just wanna uh, play that out a little bit. So if I'm frustrated with my family, I, I lose my I lose my patience, I, I I get frustrated with my family like when I get home from work. Is the goal then for me to just try to stop being frustrated? Is it to grip my teeth? I feel like I know what you're going to say. But, but give us an, uh, give us an imagination. Yeah. Like, what would that look like for me if, I, if that is my situation? Do I just grit my teeth and try harder to be nice? Well, those are
0: our two. I mean, if it's cognitive certitude, it's, uh-huh. it's memorized 16 fighter verses about anger. Right and apply them to your life. Uh-huh. Right, if it's moral behavior, it's moralism. Right, we, we we simply shame ourselves or guilt ourselves into more patience.
1: Try harder to be patient. I
0: shouldn't yell. I shouldn't yell. Yeah. Right, and we we, we have elaborate schemes of accountability and creating punishments and consequences for our right. behaviors. We right. try to manage our behavior.
1: You, I'll have to pay you ten bucks every time I yell. At my this kids. is the
0: this is the money jar. I put a dollar <laughs> in every time I yell. Like yeah, yeah. you know, and those things have short term benefit. Let me sure. just say, like yeah. Uh, okay. there's there's a way of like sometimes you got to rescue your kid out of the street. You don't have time to teach them how to stay in the yard. You just have to go get him, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's there's certain times when that's okay, but for training in righteousness. Yeah. For training in wisdom and becoming a loving person. Mm-hmm. External managing of behavior through consequences, bribes, threats, etc. It's rubbish. Yes. So, uh so quickly, there's a reason. So I don't intend I don't intend to yell at my kids when I'm driving home. I'm right. not fantasizing about how am I going to ruin my evening by yelling at my children. Right. Right? right. My intention, my aspiration is to enjoy them. Yes. But there's something living in me. hmm In my body. We, we say in our bones, in our heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some uh, we, we call it the wanter. There's something I want, right? Mm-hmm. That my kids, whatever they're doing, threatens or right. or inhibits right. or Uh, goes counter to that, contrary to what I want, right? So maybe it's it's just peace and
1: quiet. Maybe. And I I feel like peace and quiet's gonna give me the life that I need.
0: Right, but this is the deal. It could be one of 300 things for me. Right. The way that Jesus deals with these kinds of kairos moments is Uh he asks questions to excavate people's hearts. What's really going, why do you call me good? Mm -hmm. Right? Let me see a coin, whose picture's on it? Like he asks all these questions to excavate people's hearts, yeah. Right? What, you what are you really going to. after? What do you really want? And if you'll trust me with what you really want, friends, read the scriptures and notice that the people who trust Jesus what they really want receive the most breakthrough. Yeah. The people who want to play games with Jesus, argue with him, prove, justify themselves, uh, play it safe. hmm they never they don't get much. They don't get much. They go away yeah. sad. Yeah. Or they want to kill him, one of the two. <laughs> right? So for me, yeah. we create spaces where just like I came alongside Deacon and I was able to hear the bad news for my son was that he's tied his identity to his competency. Mm. So when he fails shooting with his left hand, it's he's a failure. Right. And in that moment I knew I needed to minister to him that failure is normal. Yeah. Remember who you are. Mm-hmm. You're loved. Yeah. Right? You don't have to be a great basketball player to be loved, and so because of that, you can fail, and it's, it's you're not a failure, right? Right? You can yeah. fail forward, right? So anyway, for him, yeah. But we need discipleship places where we can do that too. Yeah, we can discern together what's the bad news, what's what like why is anger such a good idea to me?
1: Yeah, right. What's the yeah.
0: story I'm believing mm-hmm. right now that makes anger like the best thing I could do? That then right. later I I run away and I weep at night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean yeah and right. I run away in the night and just start crying mm-hmm. right um, what what is that and then what does the Lord want me to hear? What's the good news about that? yeah
1: yeah right yeah so it's not about it's not about correcting our behavior here. It's about hearing the good news about the whatever desire we discern, whatever's really at work in our lives we need to hear good news from God about that. yes which and normally the good news is you already have what you're trying to get. you already have it in the gospel. yeah you have belonging, you have significance, you have. Uh, security, like you've got what you need, you can rest in it.
0: I received that, Ben. Yeah, (laughs) so that's what we need, and and that's how we learn. So we learn then, not just by hearing, but by hearing and doing, right? This is James chapter one or two, or James, where (laughs) where you don't look into the perfect law, the law of love, and go away and forget who you are. No, you you remember who you are, and you act in accordance with that. And as you act in accordance to love, as you experiment and train in trusting love, we learn. Yes that's how we learn yeah, yeah. that's what we learn and this is super important friends. So as you're listening to this podcast, feel free to take notes. I don't think anybody's taking notes <laughs> uh, uh, but but what like uh, like the, the takeaway here is that you um, you'll only learn when your body's engaged, when you participate when you're when you go for it when you mm-hmm. s- you don't learn to walk on water by thinking about walking on water. yeah you learn to walk on water by doing it.
1: you get out of the boat.
0: So friends, may you go today? <laughs> but you go today with an uh, with a confidence that as the Lord leads you can experiment in trusting his love that your failure is not final that who you are is settled in Jesus Christ and so you're free to fail fail forward into his love into his grace as you learn how to follow him. Amen. Go in peace. Go on peace.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question or suggest a topic for a future episode. And join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles that we found interesting or helpful in our work as local pastors and practitioners of discipleship and mission. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels.